Hey, hey, we are answering listener questions on today's episode of the 10 Minutes to a Better Homeschool Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Barnhill, and welcome to episode 76 of the podcast. It is so good to have you here today, and we're going to be answering some listener questions. Now, if you have a question that you would like to submit for the podcast, you can send those to info at pambarnhill.com and just put podcast question in the subject line. And we will collect those up and in the future do another listener question episode. And if we start getting more questions, we actually might start doing these particular kinds of episodes just a little more often. So I want to jump right into it today. And I'm affectionately calling this episode the sibling episode because a lot of these questions ended up being about siblings. So let's start with this question from a mom who says, how? How do you handle when younger siblings catch up to and pass older siblings in skill subjects? So we're talking about something like math or reading where you have an older child and, and their younger sibling is just kind of catching them and passing passing them in those skill subjects. And we actually had this happen in our house. So uh, my second child actually ended up passing my first child in math. And for some reason, it really wasn't a problem for us. I think it was largely due to the personality of both of those kids. They're both pretty laid back in personality. And so it didn't really bother either one of them. I like to joke that I don't have an oldest child because my oldest child does not have an oldest child's personality. But I understand that this can sometimes be a problem. So what are a few things that you can do? And the first thing I would encourage you to do is to really, really focus on the strengths, the individual strengths of each child. And so my first child knew that math was not necessarily one of her individual strengths, but she knew that she was very good at writing, very, very good at public speaking. She was a great musician. So she had all of these skills and talents. Math just didn't happen to be one of those talents. And so we spent a lot of time pointing out the talents that she did have and the things that she was really good at. And quite honestly, I think she could see that there were a number of things that she was much stronger than her brother at, even though he was a little bit stronger in math. So I think it's really important to focus on the individual strengths and talents of your children. So it's not just academics or it's not just one kind of academics, but hey, you're really good at this. You're really good at that, even if the other child is kind of coming up close behind on some of those subjects. And then the other thing I would encourage you to do if this is really, really a problem in your homeschool is use different programs. So use different math programs or use different reading programs. I know we often like to buy one book, uh, one curriculum and think, oh, all we got to do is get the student book next time and, and you know, all of my other kids can use this same program. And if it's really becoming a sticking point in your homeschool where one child is feeling really hurt or upset that a sibling is passing them, if you're using two totally separate programs, then it is not always easy to see that that is the case, that that's going on. They haven't, they haven't done the same book that I have and passed me in that book. So it's much more difficult to see and compare if the child, if the other child is using a different program. And then I always like to 
uh, avoid programs that have a grade number on them, if at all possible. I just really don't find that helpful in my homeschool. Um, sometimes I need children to work ahead of their grade level, and sometimes I need children to work behind their grade level for the material is appropriate for the material to be appropriate. And so having that grade level doesn't work. And so once again, if there's no grade level on the program, if the program, you know, has level A or level B or our math program, we used Matthew C had like alpha, beta and gamma on it, then it's a lot harder, though not impossible, uh, for kids to know where their sibling is at in the program. And so that could be another thing as well. And then finally, take aside the child who has moved ahead of the other child and say, hey, maybe math is not something that we talk about with your sibling. Um, And just kind of have that conversation about how it could be a little worrisome or a little hurtful to know that your younger sibling is ahead of you. So, you know, this doesn't always work. It depends on the personality of the younger sibling, but sometimes they're happy not to make the other child feel bad by talking about all of these hard math things that they're doing. So it's worth trying to have that conversation, even though that may or may not work. So those would be just a few things that I would do. All right, moving on to our next question. Um, This mom wants to know, how do you help your oldest child understand the need to do schoolwork while younger siblings just play? Is there a way to psych up that K through two oldest kid? Oh, I can remember these days when I had a six and seven year old who was supposed to be doing school and she had younger siblings who didn't have to do school at all. And so it was a little bit of a sticking point. She was not always happy about having to sit and do school. And I think this happens a lot when you have a six and a seven-year-old who has younger siblings. So there are a few different things that you can do. And the first thing is make sure that older sibling has some perks and advantages that only they get to experience due to the fact that they are the older child. So maybe they get to stay up a little later. Maybe there's some they get to go do with dad. There's got to be some kind of perk or advantage to being the older kid, some kind of privilege that you get for being older that the younger kids don't get. And then, you know, I would point that out. Like you get this privilege, you get this advantage because you're older. That's one of the advantages. But now you also have the responsibility to sit down and do your schoolwork. And the other thing I would do is make sure the lessons for the six or seven year old are super short lessons. If you have a house full of little kids, even just two little kids, and your oldest is six or seven, and you have another one that's three, four, or five years old, a lot of your school can be this fun morning time that you do together and just very short lessons in reading, math, maybe some spelling, and some handwriting for that older child. Lessons that honestly take up less than an hour of their day outside of the morning time that you're doing with everyone together. And so this becomes a very short period of time in their day and also a special time that you two get to spend together while their siblings are are playing. So kind of make it fun. 
point out the privileges that they get in other places just for being older, and then also keep those lessons super short. And then the last thing I would say is suck it up, buttercup. This is just one of the responsibilities that comes with being older, and you have to sit here and do school. We're going to make it as enjoyable and short as possible, but this is part of the character building that comes from homeschooling. We often think we've got to go out and buy a special virtues or character building program when really we're building character just by sitting and doing the math lesson. Actually, my friend Misty Winkler has a fabulous blog post on that. We'll link in the show notes for you. And so this is part of the character building right there. And then finally, the last question today is, well, how do you juggle lessons with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old? And I've already kind of touched on this in answering the last question. And you juggle lessons with a five-year-old and a seven-year-old by doing morning time. And honestly, for the five-year-old, morning time is just about all they need to do. Up until my kids were age six, anything outside of morning time was basically an invitation. Would you like to practice your reading today? Would you like to work on a little bit of math? And if they said no, I really didn't push it before they were six years old. And then the seven-year-old would do those short lessons that we talked about. And for the most part, everything else, all of those wonderful picture books, all the great books about science and about history, all the games that we played, the art projects that we did, the fun that we had, all of the rest of that stuff happened in morning time. And I tell you what, I love my teenagers so much, but I also remember the days when I had a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and homeschooling was just fabulous then because we just laughed and learned so much together. So really lean in and enjoy those times, those short lessons and don't get stressed out. You will be amazed at how much that seven-year-old picks up in those short lessons just done consistently every single day um, with a fun morning time thrown in. So that is what I would really encourage you to do. Speaking of morning time, our Your Morning Basket Plus is open right now. You can come over and check that out. We have our fun monthly explorations themes that you can get that are perfect for learning for a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and even some kids who are a little older. Um, In September, our theme is fairy tales, good for boys and girls. And we are going to have fun deep diving. But the rest of the year, we have some wonderful themes like confections and engineering and all kinds of really great themes that we explore together with our morning time studies. And they make a perfect curriculum with the art, the history, the music, the science, everything all wrapped up into one for your elementary kids. So come on over to pambarnhill.com and check that out. Now, I will be back again in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about using technology and helping your kids get a leg up in the technology world and just the um, astronomical growth that's going on and how do you help your kids learn technology and get ahead maybe when you don't have those skills yourself. So do come back and check out that episode of the podcast. Until then, keep on homeschooling.